We are professionals. Everybody. Welcome back to Reading with Celebrities. I'm Lindsay. I'm Tiffany. And today is our discussion on the next Reese's Book Club called The Whisper Network by Chandler Baker. Yeah, I'm excited. I went on your Goodreads to creep to see what you gave it, and you did what I was supposed to do. And you did not rate it, so I don't know what you thought of it. And I was really good that every time I clicked on Goodreads, I like put my hand over the screen and just dealt with like the bottom where I could see like my books and stuff. Smart. So I never saw yours because you said that you did accidentally write yours and you're like trying to stay off of Goodreads. And I was like, but I want to <laughs> put mine on there. So I avoided it. I, I think I know what I'm getting it, giving it. Um, this book was a little difficult for me to. Rate. Yeah, I am. Um, I bounced back and forth between two different ratings. Yeah. So. But um, do you want to do the bio first for Chandler Baker? Yeah, I have a bio for Chandler Baker. She's originally from Sarasota, Florida. Hey. Siesta <laughs> Key. Um, she is a. Uh, uh, she completed her undergraduate degree at the University of Pennsylvania, and she eventually made her way down to Texas when she attended law school at the University of Texas at Austin. After that, she worked as a lawyer for several large companies and organizations, including a major sports team in Dallas. I got all this from her website, and it did not state what sports team, but there are at least, what, football, basketball, hockey, Baseball. There's also a professional soccer team here. But it's a major. So I'm thinking like like Cowboys or Mavericks. Like th those who I would go to. Um, and then so I, she's written several young adult novels. That's kind of where she got her, her start. And her first one was published in 2015. It looks like she leaned, those lean towards horror thriller. Because they have names like Teen Frankenstein, Teen Hyde, um, and she noticed I also on um, a link to her Instagram, she had, you know, scary movies for people who don't like scary movies. So I was like, I feel like we have a kinship there. <laughs> um, but she's since branched out to adult fiction and some of her other works are The Husband and Hello From Here, both of which were published in 2021 and The Whisper Network, which was published in 2019. Nice. Yeah. And she yeah. now lives in Austin. I know, I saw that in her, like, little back flap, I think is where it said, mm -hmm. of the book, that she lived in Austin. So, the, yeah, there's definitely a lot of references to Texas, because this actually takes place in Dallas. Yeah, um, which, those always throw me when I know the city or the area, <laughs> because they're like, oh, did you go to the gallery? And I'm like, I've been to the gallery. <laughs> I was there. I got Starbucks, because it's all I could afford. <laughs> yeah, so then, just a quick... Um, little synopsis and then we'll go into like the major um it says sloan artie and grace have worked together at truviv for years and they have supported one another through exciting promotions long meetings marriage motherhood divorce and navigating office politics they have their secrets they have each other's backs and they have all done something they regret when Tru truviv ceo dies suddenly it means that their boss i called him ames I bounce back and forth between Ames and Amos, so we can say Ames. Yeah, will likely take over the company. Um, he's a complicated man, a man they've all known for a long time, a man who's always been surrounded by whispers. As he's pursuing the promotion, he's also targeting a new female, a new young female employee, and the woman. The women have decided enough is enough. Lies will be uncovered, secrets will be exposed, and not everyone will survive. Whispers only carry so far. That's kind yes. of like a s snippet of what um, this book is about. 
Yes. Um, it's the whole not everyone's going to survive is revealed on the first page when they say there's a body falling from the 18th floor and it's impossible to tell if it's a man or a woman because it's just in a suit. Uh, pretty quickly, you find out that it's Ames. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like two chapters later, they're like, where were you when Ames was falling? <laughs> You're like, oh, okay. Um, but yeah, that pretty much summed up like the initial. So I broke the summary down mainly by the women. Yeah. Because it seemed like their separate stories eventually come together. Yeah, and you kind of, like how the book starts out is like, so... The first part, it, you see, like, a transcript from April 12th, and it's three eyewitnesses talking about this body that fell from the 18th floor of the building. And then, like, that's, like, one page, and then it immediately jumps to March or March 20th, which is um, three weeks earlier. So then you are getting the story of the buildup of April 12th, and then in between all that, you're also getting, like, little transcripts of, like, court proceedings and interviews with the detectives and stuff like that throughout the book. But the main story goes from March 20th and then through April 12th and forward. Because even though obviously um, Ames' death was also very much so unexpected, the original CEO died of a heart attack. But Ames falling over the 18th floor, they were investigating to see if it was an accident, suicide, or murder. Yes. Okay, um, so that, I mean, that little book jacket did a good job. I will add in that the new, the new hire, her name is Catherine, and there's also Rosalita, and she works in custodial services, so she cleans the offices in the evening. Yeah. And then I would huh. say, like, each chapter, you kind of get a different point of view of the three main characters, which are Sloan, Artie, and Grace. And then you'll sprinkle in a chapter with Rosalita. We never really got a point of view of Catherine. No. Um, and similarly to what that stated was Ames doesn't really have a good reputa reputation among the women. He's kind of seen as like a womanizer, but there are also some serious rumors of sexual misconduct where they also discuss, hey, there was, you know, that intern who everyone knows something happened, but she's been fired. And then there was that secretary where something happened and she's like, she was transferred. So rumors that not only is he misbehaving, but the company is misbehaving and mishandling it as well. Yeah. They're keeping the, the guy that brings in the money and does everything for their company. Cause Truviv is an athletic apparel brand. Yes. It's kind of cool. Um, but these made are like me think of lawyers. Fabletics. Yeah, <laughs> and these are like the lawyers for this this company, and they're the ones getting billed and bringing in all this money. So, of course, they're gonna fire the secretary that they can easily replace. Yes. Um, and then one more thing to keep note of before I think we dive into the women's stories is that a lot of this really begins kicks off through the whisper network when there's this excel sheet coming off called the bad men list which is beware of asshole dallas men and it's been going all through different companies um just people adding man after man after man and what they've done and it ranges all the way from like you know St like stared at my breasts all the way down to <laughs> the one that stuck out was like asked me to stick a finger up his ass because <laughs> that was just the one I was not expecting <laughs> yeah that one's a little weird and like even I think there was like a conversation that was overheard in the restroom between two girls and I think one of the girls was like one of the guys on the list is my dad's friend and I knew yeah. him and yeah. then the other girl was like did he ever do anything to you and she's like no so like these men are not just from Truviv, like they are from all over Dallas. <laughs> and um, like when the list is getting passed around, it's just like an Excel sheet that like you can add it and move the list on or whatever. Um, they like realize like Ames or Amos or whatever is not on this list. Yes, he is not on this list. Um, and that, that changes. Yeah. But okay, uh, do you want to start with Sloan? Sure. Okay, so when Sloan initially took this job years ago, she had been warned 
by a friend to stay away from Ames. Um, she ignored that, and almost immediately the two began to having an affair. After she broke things off, Ames retaliated by cutting her bonuses, denying her big accounts, kind of, you know, just in general, slowing down her career progression. So since then, she's just harbored a grudge. She, I mean, even her friends openly are like, just because you hate this man doesn't mean he did anything wrong to you. Yeah. Um, additionally, she is dealing with her fourth grader daughter, Abigail, being really badly bullied in school. Uh, she's receiving text messages calling her bitch and cunt and well, fourth graders, which that blew my mind, too. What, I know, like 10 years old and like they yeah. know those words. Yeah. Um, uh, Sloan eventually is the one that adds Ames' name to the Batman list. And she also sends a letter to Abigail's school stating all of these legal like legal precedent saying she'll take legal action if the school continues to do nothing regarding the bullying because there's been some horrible incidents where kids have gone on to uh, complete suicide due to bullying in school and the schools have been found guilty for failure to protect. Um, however, instead of saying this is from her, she signs Artie's name without her knowledge stating that Artie is their lawyer and their counsel, which... And Artie was aware of this situation with Abigail. She yeah. was going to be their counsel, but she was not aware of this letter. And this her document, signing, yeah. Her signing her name for it. Um, kind of the whole bullying thing comes to a head when Sloan gets a call from the Abigail school stating that there's been an incident and Abigail has hit somebody. So Sloan kind of starts panicking, like, oh my God, maybe my daughter's been the bully this entire time and these are the kids fighting back. Now, come to find out, this kid had been, what was it, like, trying to pull up her skirt? Yeah, like, he, he kept, every time she would bend over, you could see yeah. her panties. And so he would try to touch them, and, like, he would say what color they were and tell other people. And then eventually he gave her, like, a wedgie. Yeah. And so she uh, turned around and punched him, which, yes. Yeah. Um, and so they, both her teacher and the principal were like, you know, this is unacceptable. And so she asked Abigail what had happened. And Abigail was like, I told my teacher and he, you know, told me basically like to suck it up. And so, she, you know, so this was I was not a fan of Sloan through this book. But this oh. this moment got me when she turned to the teacher and said, you know, he was her teacher basically said we're trying to discourage tattling. And she was basically like, this isn't this isn't silly behavior mm -hmm. like this is serious like sexual harassment. Sexual harassment. She reported it to who she thought was a safe adult, and you turned her away. So what was her only option to defend herself? Was to pop him in the face. <laughs> yeah, like she did what she was supposed to do, and she was ignored. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Sloane was my, like, least favorite character throughout this whole book. Could not stand her. That scene, though, was so good. Even I felt like the mom of the boy was also, like, what like you yeah. did what to her like even she was very like um like what's the word like disappointed in her son yeah for the way he acted um, i'll be honest if i found out my kid was doing that and he got popped in the face i would be that would be like did you learn your lesson yeah like <laughs> yeah so um that was yeah that was definitely a, a redeeming quality of sloan's throughout the entire book um so that's kind of where her single story ends before they all come together in the end i would say you have anything else to add on sloan yeah i would just say like so when we're getting this story of like trying to decide if like ames is a bad person or you know if he this misconduct like what we're learning first with sloan is that she had an affair with him yeah so it's hard to determine based on her story um like what happened because it was literally, she said, six months in, they were having an affair. And so, to me, having an affair is very different, because that's a... I mean, they had a long affair. Mm-hmm. She and didn't she, cut it off until she was officially engaged. Yeah, because she thought... Oh, that also drove me insane. So, she's trying to justify this affair to her husband. And she's like, well, we weren't even engaged... Or we weren't even married yet, so it was fine. And I was like what because he was like yeah. well, were we dating and she's like oh i think we were engaged and he was like what and she was like 
yeah, but the marriage is what makes it official. And I was like, no, ma'am. And so then she's like mad at him, like when he goes and sleeps on the couch. And I was like, you're lucky that he's still here. Yeah, she. Because like, even when she was like, oh, you. You took away accounts for me. You did all this. And his response back was, I gave it to a senior partner. Like, I gave it to somebody with more experience. So you're, it's still that kind of like, yeah, is it shitty? Should you have been brought in on it because you did the majority of the work? Yeah. Is Do you see his sign? Like, it didn't make me dislike Amos to a I, point. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And it, again, like, we're trying to decide if he... Um, had like if there was any sexual misconduct and at that point with her story I did not think so because th- to me they were both just having an affair yeah um, obviously we learned more with other characters but at that point I was like okay you're just having an affair which again um, to me means like there's consent on both sides especially when there's an affair that's happening over a long period of time so when you're trying to defend this also in court that's also th- something that's going to be brought up I think that happened pretty early on. There was a transcript, and the pro- uh, the, yeah. the prosecutor was like, "So when did you start having an affair with him?" And I was like, "Oh." I think it was the it was the counsel for the company. Oh yeah, maybe. yeah, it was yeah. Cassette, cassette. Oh yeah. Hat. So yeah, so I was like, "Oh, okay." So yeah. yeah, those were just my two cents on Sloane. Yeah, Sloane was um, I hated her chapters. <laughs> yeah, she. And she was a main, she was definitely the main character. Which is frustrating. Because <laughs> um, next two were my my favorite characters. I liked Artie and Rosalita the best. Me too. <laughs> um, okay, so next was Artie. And then Rosalita is very much tied into her story. Artie is divorced and shares custody of her son with her ex-husband and his new wife. And Rosalita also has a young son whom Artie helps tutor and prep for this entrance exam to this elite prep school. Her son is very, very smart. And even the teacher at uh, his school pulled Rosalita aside and said, you need, like, he's wasted here. You have to get him somewhere better. Um, Artie also finds odd jobs for them to do in order to help them financially. So, for example, Artie's son, his birthday, she hires... Um, Solomon, that's his name, mm-hmm. hires Solomon to come and says, hey, put on the Spider-Man costume. Like, you'll be the superhero at this little kid's birthday party. And, you know, she pays him for that. And um, I think overall, it's like, it was, it, was a, it, was a, it was a good friendship. I really enjoyed them together. Yeah. Um, and I will say, like, when we would get, like, the little, like, when we first got the Rosalie ca- character, I didn't know where that storyline was going. Like, I just thought it was, like, maybe just another witness because she's there late at night, Hmm. and sometimes some of the partners are there late at night, and so she might see things, which she did. She saw quite a few things, and certain things happened, but I didn't know how important and how um, big of a character she actually was going to be. Um. The father of Rosalita's son is late, well, later revealed to be Ames, the pregnancy, the result of Ames raping Rosalita. And later on, we also discover that Ames had raped Artie. So we now officially know Ames is scum. Yes. Um, and we know, like, like little things happened, like, after um, Ames died, Rosalita's check dropped in half. Mm-hmm. And Artie noticed this and was like, hey, like, this isn't right. And then Rosalita told her that the CEO had been signing off officially to pay her more to keep her quiet. Yeah, because Rosalita had gone to HR to say, hey, this happened. And then they were like, yeah, again, once again, they're protecting Mm -hmm. their golden boy over here. And then um, with um, her son... He always wore a yeah. He had a hat, or he had the Spider-Man costume yeah, on, and Ames, on. Ames has a very distinct white streak in his hair, and it's yeah. passed down genetically. So either you get it or you don't. His twins don't, don't have it, but guess who does? <laughs> yeah, and when they were talking about it, it's it's called Wardenberg syndrome. Mm-hmm. And when they were talking about his head, I was like, oh my god, he's gonna have this streak. 
<laughs> I was like, oh my God. He is, because she was like, well, his father's dead. He's not in his life. And I was like, oh no. Yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah. Yes. And then with Artie, like, they were at a, like, work event in LA and they were at the hotel bar drinking. And um, he walked up to her room and he they had been drinking. Like, he had yeah. been continuously buying her yeah. drinks. And you can tell Artie is still, like, like struggling with it like considering it rape because she keeps telling herself like oh I was drinking I kept drinking and then accepting the drinks yeah yeah and then finally she comes to the fact of like I can't remember exactly what she what she said or what was written but it was something to the extent of you know were we still like was I still consenting even when I was passed out yeah and you absolutely were but yeah, I mean, as much as I dislike Sloane, I loved Artie and Rosalita. Artie, Artie for sure was like one of my favorite characters because you just started like being the divorced one, but like having a really good relationship with her ex-husband and then just how she treated Rosalita mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And like helping them out by saying, all your son has to do is literally just like dress up as Spider-Man and like entertain these kids and there's 150 bucks. I was like, and Rosalita's like, no, 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 that's too much. And Artie's like, okay, we'll talk about it. And then just like yeah. gives them yeah. the money. <laughs> so and just like helping her, like tutoring her son, and just she's one of those ones that like doesn't look down upon like custodial mm-hmm. staff and just treats them as normal people and doesn't think about like I make more money than you and stuff like that. She uses it, I think, for good. And so. Yeah, I really liked Artie. And I just liked how Artie would put people in their place. Like, even Sloane. She was like, just the way she would tell Sloane, like, you're not being a good friend and stuff. I just, yeah. I really liked her. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, now we have Grace. Uh, Grace is the new mother to Emma Kate. But she's struggling to fit into her new role as a mom and a working, like a working mother, essentially. She often tells her husband that she needs to work overnight when in reality, she's spending the night in a local hotel getting a full night's sleep. Grace and Ames begin to connect over parenthood, sharing cigarettes on the 18th floor balcony. (laughs) Wink, wink. Um, Ames gives Grace a room key to the same hotel she's been spending nights in. However, after the end of the very book, we find out Grace has been diagnosed with postpartum depression and she is working on connecting with her baby more. I will say, I think what was important about Grace's character is she develops this like relationship with Ames in the sense of like they have they start smoking together on the 18th floor. And he actually seems to be genuinely concerned for her well-being. And he's the he, one that yeah. actually mentions do you think you have postpartum depression? Because my wife had it and it was actually really bad. And so you, you're like, okay, maybe there's this side of him. Because again, all we really have are the rumors and Sloan. Yeah. And Sloan, like we said, has held this huge grudge and she's even, like you said, called out by her friends of Mm -hmm. just, you don't like him. Doesn't mean he's terrible. Yeah. Unfortunately, like it was very hard to believe her story. Right. And, And it was like you said, she didn't want him to be CEO and adding him to the list was like right before he was supposed to be CEO and just the timing of everything. So it just made it unbelievable, unfortunately. Um, Cause I do think that's sometimes why women don't come forward. Um, but I think with grace, we were seeing like, cause even grace started to feel sorry for Ames and was like having sympathy for him. And he even asked her to write like a recommendation for him to be CEO. And she like agreed to it. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I really felt for with with Grace and she was she felt she thought there was something wrong with her because she had never experienced sexual harassment. Yeah. She felt like she asked she her husband a, too. Yeah, like am I not pretty enough or am I not you know, why why aren't people hitting on me or treating me like that? And her husband was like, It's not about like how you look, it's they they prey on like the weak and stuff. I mean, you're a very strong person, but I thought that was an interesting take on Grace as like, 
she was just going through a lot, like with the postpartum with her baby and then like how she was feeling like she loved her job more than her kid. And Mm -hmm. like you said, lying to her husband just to have like a night at a hotel and stuff. And then feeling left out because she had never experienced sexual harassment. Yeah. And then what, when her husband says, you know, they go for the, like the weakest of the pack and Mm -hmm. you had Rosalita as the example of, she basically just being like, I need to keep my job. I've got to provide for myself no matter what. And then you had Artie who he had to pump full of alcohol to get her to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's kind of one of those things where you look back and you're like, yeah, he was, he came across as very caring, but was he doing it in a way to break her down to that point? When he also, I think, um, I think he had just found out that he was on the list, the bad list. Mm-hmm. And so he was trying to get somebody on his side. And so I think that that's kind of also what he was doing was like, um, he was just, he was definitely buttering her up and then yeah. getting her to write this recommendation letter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I felt grace on like the full night's sleep thing. Cause I remember when Ollie was that little trying to sleep and just being like, why, why don't you sleep more than an hour in a row? And then, but also having nights where like my mom would take him and she would take him for the night or enough. So I could just get like five hours Mm -hmm. and I'd sleep those five hours. And then I'd wake up feeling so guilty that I wasn't like holding it. Like it's, it's wild, but man, sleep's Uh, important. Yeah. Cause I even think she said like at one point, she breastfed at a certain point in the night, like woke her baby up to breastfeed. Yeah, dream feeds. Those are things. So that the baby could sleep for six hours so that she yeah. would get that six hours and that the baby would be full. Yeah. So, yeah. I tried that. Didn't work. <laughs> yeah. So that was, um, that was kind of like Grace's storyline. So she had a different experience with Ames mm-hmm. um, throughout this whole thing. And the reason. Ames knows that she's at that hotel getting a full night's sleep is because she's leaving one day and she sees Catherine, the new hire there. And we'll get into that further right now because it's Catherine's turn. (laughs) And right now. (laughs) And right now. Um, Catherine is newly hired by Ames. She's put on Sloan's team. Catherine is very cold and standoffish, seemingly only connecting with Ames and not the other women. She finally opens up and explains that she had been fired from her previous job, which is working for a very prestigious firm, because she had discovered a discrepancy, reported the discrepancy. They told her, don't worry about it, ran it anyways. Client lost a ton of money, and then they looked for someone to blame, and she was the fall guy, and she was fired. Yeah. I was curious because, again, early on in one of the transcripts, um, I can't remember if it was Sloan or Artie, but they say Catherine is lying. And so you know something happened at her work. You don't know why she was fired and stuff Because then like you that. just see the letter, too, mm-hmm. like the, yeah, the like letter she, from the old company yeah, saying like that she's inter- fired. Yeah, so you were like, I definitely was going in a different direction. Um I didn't know that it was going to be like she got thrown under the bus kind of thing. I don't know why. Well, my theory was that Catherine stabbed Ames and then threw herself back <laughs> at the very beginning. And then the more I read, I was like, that doesn't make any sense. That's great. That is a great storyline. Yeah. But there is a point where like Sloan, Artie and Grace invite Catherine out to this lunch and it's from Sloane's perspective. And so she's like asking her these questions, like, tell us about yourself, tell us about yourself. And Catherine's just like not giving up any information. Yeah. And Sloane's trying to be like, why is she so cold and standoffish? I'm like, because you're peppering her with questions. Yeah. And also, <laughs> chill like, out, let the conversation flow. And also, she's new. She doesn't know you yet either. Like, probably Ames has told her some sketchy stuff about yeah, her. Okay, like, hey, watch out for this Sloane girl. Um, but also, she- she was like, she was supposed to be working in Sloane's department. Yeah, she was supposed to report directly to Sloane. Which she did not. Yeah. Yeah. They're still trying to find Catherine in office, probably, to this day. <laughs> she never had no, an no, office. No, remember she got moved up on the, uh, like, 
different floor for for lying. Oh yeah. Oh, you know what drove me crazy too? Uh-huh. The description of all the offices having glass doors so you could see into everyone's office. Oh, God, I hate that. I'm like that would drive me. Like the half cubicles, I hate them. Yeah, I think if I'm shoveling food into my mouth during my lunch day at my desk, I don't want to look up and know people can see me doing it. But also, like, if you're going to have, like, the glass in the office, have, like, that frosted glass. Yeah. Like, so that you can see if somebody's, like, in their office, like, hey, if their door's closed, but also, like, don't know what's going on. Like, you can't see somebody getting yelled at. Like, put up curtains. I put up curtains. <laughs> And they're like, you can't do this. I'll be like, it's not in the handbook. I cleared it with HR. <laughs> you can do the, the like, the seventies beads. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to my harem. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna do. Um. Okay. So I'm sure, listener, if you haven't read the book, you're like, how did this all come together? Well, the women have decided to file a lawsuit against Ames and the company for failing to protect them from sexual harassment, assault, etc. Um, very similar to what Sloan had written to Abigail's school and made it seem like Artie wrote it. However, after Ames's death, Catherine, under pressure, withdraws her initial statement saying Ames had attempted to assault her. This attempted assault was witnessed by Rosalita. Um, so Catherine has withdrawn, withdrawn her statement and the company says, you have no more evidence any of this happened and they countersue them. And the initial settlement, settle, ugh, excuse me, settlement offer is like what, like five million? So it'd be about 1.3 each, yeah, 1.6 each, but they pay. would have to pay. And the three women are like, we're going to, we're all going to go broke and we're going to lose our job. And most likely we're going to be blacklisted from other firms. So they're basically sitting there going, like, well, I'm fucked. Um, so, like, I will say with, with Catherine, um, when we know that Rosalita catches her in the office, we don't know that it's a sexual assault also happening at that point. Like, correct. Or if it's just them having consensual shenanigans. Yeah. But Catherine, like, did speak as to the women saying... Uh-huh. Kind of like he'd come on to me, he'd press me against the desk. I had yeah. said no, he had continued. Yeah. So again, very similar to Abigail, she kind of like popped him off, like pushed him off. Um, and then Rosalita kind of her popping in kind of saved the day a little bit because yeah. um realized there were other people there. So they're sitting there and they're like, Oh my god, this is when Artie not only discovers that Solomon has the white streak and Ames is the father, it's also when she sees the paycheck being cut down. So then Rosalita steps forward, shows the evidence, the lawyers, the lawyers for um, True Viv are like, oh, fuck. Um, yeah. So then they end up winning their original lawsuit. Um and then Sloan Grace and Artie go off, start their own firm, and then extend a job offer to Rosalita. And I will say what was really nice is Grace was isn't going to start with them initially. That's right. Because she wants to spend time with her daughter and stuff. Yeah. Um, but they were like, you just come when you're ready. Yeah, because she's like, really what good. if what if in, my, in a year you guys are like, oh, we've built up. And they're just like, no, like your office is right here. We'll figure yeah. it out. <laughs> yeah. But I thought that was really cool. Yeah. So yeah, everybody was very happy. And, and we actually find out what happened. I was going to say, we, the <laughs> we didn't talk about Ames being yeeted off the roof. Because they, the, they did rule it a suicide or an accident. They ruled accident. it an accident. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we do learn what actually happened. Yes. Um, so, at first, Grace thinks it's her, because Grace had gone up there. Because Grace, like, too, at this point, is starting to think, like, he gave me this hotel room key. Is he doing that so I can get some sleep? Is he doing that because I'm going to show up and he's going to be there? Yeah, like, she so. starts to kind of get suspicious on that end. So she goes to, like, confront him, and um, she ends up, like, was it her diamond ring? Because, it, like, the 
Because it's like 1,500 carats big. Yeah, and like also the part, it was coming apart, so she had to go get it fixed, actually. But like he like reached down and she like cut him in the head. So we learned that he was cut. Like that was why they thought it wasn't an accident at first. And so then she thought that she like caused him to jump, like making him feel bad. She knew she didn't push him. Um, But Artie was like, no, you were not the last person to see him. Um, It was actually Catherine and Artie. Um, Catherine was told that he was looking for her and that he had just gone to the 18th floor to smoke. So she went up there and then Artie decided to follow to see. And what she saw was um, Ames was choking Catherine. And so um, Artie comes and, like, pushes him away. And, um, like, there's a struggle. And then basically Catherine gives it one final push. She, like, pulls his leg out from underneath. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, he falls to the ground. (laughs) So I would say it was a (laughs) self-defense-ish murder yeah because there's kind of that gray area where Artie's like did you have to pull his leg like (laughs) you could have just punched him in the knee and been fine yeah it was like that final step that she did a little oomph yeah so but yeah, yeah so that's what really happened so that is the slapdash summary from whisper network to expect from this book so i was really excited for it based on the synopsis okay um because i thought it was going to be kind of i'm gonna say like a political thriller but like what's that the good wife kind of that like Mm -hmm. like the lawyers but like working through like this like office politics drama and i just it fell flat for me i i agree okay Um, thank you no yeah i think at the most, I would give this a three stars. I, I went back and forth between two and three. Yeah. And it's probably more like a two and a half. I landed on a three just because between, like, like Artie and Rosalita, I like them a lot. Honestly, I wish the book could have just been about them. Yeah. Um, Sloane's takedown of the teacher and the principal was really amazing. Mm-hmm. And then, like, finally, within, like, the last 25 pages, things finally came together. Yeah. And it was especially frustrating because almost immediately when Rosalita started talking about her son, I was like, that's Ames' kid. Like, Ames, like, like, I had guessed it. And so just having to sit there and wait for it to, like, and it was, like, drawn out and drawn out and drawn out and drawn out. Like, I think it would have been better had that reveal been much earlier just to the reader, you know, not the other women, just yeah, to the yeah, reader. Yeah. Like, you know, said something like Rosalita said goodnight and ruffled the, you know, oh, the hair yeah. with the white streak or something like that. And then it, at the very end, what really seals the deal for them is seeing her paycheck having been cut like that. Yeah. Like, it just, it, everything took so long to get to. And the chapters were short, but I was just like, God, this book feels like it's like 200 pages longer. And I will say, like, the, t- the timing, like, we start in March and we end in April. So it's not a very long time frame. Mm-mm. But like you said, those days dragged on. Like, you would get March 20th three different times. Yeah. You know, because you had to get the three characters or whatever. Um, I think with me, um, I think what I liked about it was, like, this is, like, in the height of, like, the Me Too movement and stuff. Yes. And... With all three characters, you had a different, or you could even say all five characters, you had a different perspective on their interactions with this man. And with me, and I don't know how this makes me, but like, with, like with Sloane's character, it made me hard to believe that he did something wrong, right? Yes. But then you hear like Artie's story, or you hear Rosalita's story, and then you're like, oh no, he is a scumbag. But I think that's how I feel like sometimes this Me Too movement is, right? Like, it's sometimes, and it's not saying, like, just because your story doesn't seem believable to me doesn't mean that it's not believable. Because remember, they even, um, 
there's a transcript with Ames' wife, Bobby, where she was basically essentially saying, like, Sloan's headed out for my husband. Yeah. He's she's just mad that he, you know, isn't still pining for her after this affair. And I'm not saying don't believe all women, but like you yeah. shouldn't believe some women. Um Yeah. So I think and then also like the vendetta of like she's not getting the big companies and like the big projects and stuff. Yeah. Um but I so I did like the different aspects of these women and what their relationships were with Ames and like was he a scumbag or was she just was this all vendetta and obviously we do find out that it was not a vendetta and that this truly was a really bad person um yeah but so yeah I think that's what I liked about it but like I think Sloane was just a very unlikable character Yeah, because there was, what was the other thing that, uh, I think, like, her whole thing with her husband, too, like, we'd already talked about, like, we weren't, we weren't married yet, we weren't engaged yet, and then, dating, followed by, followed by her trying to, like, justify their lifestyle, but done so in a way that was very, like, I don't know, like, she was overspending, but she wouldn't take responsibility for any of that. Like, she wouldn't take responsibility for anything wrong that she had done. She just drove me crazy. Yeah, so I think that I think that's where, too, like, because I liked the mystery aspect of it, of, like, did he jump or did somebody push him? But I liked that buildup of trying to figure that out. Um and I liked finding out, like, the little snippets of, like, each of their relationships with Ames. But when every time we were back with Sloane, I was like, oh, here we go. I just, I did, I found her just, and since, to me, she was the main character, we got so much of her. I think that's where the, that's where the story kind of fell flat for me. Is I was just like, here we go. <laughs> yeah. And then I didn't know how I felt about the story being, like, in a... Like, before it would get into the characters, the chapters would start with, like, we. Like, we did this, we did that, and stuff. That's my, that was my other big issue with it. It was, like, trying to make these profound statements, but I was like, this has already been stated, and it's been stated better by other people. Like, you're not giving me any new perspective. Yeah, and I just, every time it would start out with we, I was like, is that just the author talking to us, or is that one of the girls talking to us? You know, like, whose mind is that when they're talking in this, like, we did this, like, the, we, the women did this, and so I, I was like, eh, all right. Reading that, it was, reminded me of, in Gone Girl, the, like, the whole cool girl monologue that she has, and I was like, this is pretty much, like, the cool girl monologue really captured that, like, that whole thing better than this entire book did, yeah. even though they're, like, two different things. We also forgot to mention that the since the company's an athletic wear brand, that they're all about health. Hence why they were up on the 18th floor smoking, because they were like, we can't let anybody know you guys are smoking. Yeah. And um, they had a, a like state-of-the-art on-campus gym. Oh. And so Sloan would go for her trainer and was talking to her trainer, um, Oksana, I think is her name. Mm. And Oksana was basically like, we have one of those lists too. Like, if a female, a female, like a female trainer, has an incident with one of the men here, his name gets put on a list and it gets highlighted yellow. And if he does something again, it gets highlighted red, and he is essentially banned from w- working with any of the women here. And I remember she was in a plank position, and Oksana just drops <laughs> below, and she's like, "Ames is is red on our yeah, list." Yeah, yeah. I was like, "Oh, okay. So this yeah. is yeah." Um, and, like, even his wife, like, uses the gym. Like, she showed up and used the gym or whatever. But I thought that was interesting, too, for their women. Like, the, the gym was protecting their women trainers. Yeah. Which, I mean, this company was not protecting their women in any sense, but the gym itself was, like, if he is yellow, like, then somebody else, like, needs to be present. And once he's red, you don't get a female trainer. Like, she's yeah. unavailable. Yeah. So I found that a really I, – I liked that a lot. I did, too. 
it's just like I think too with this like this story is is very real and this yeah. story happens and I'm sure there's plenty of companies that this is pretty much exactly how it happens which is well like you um like you said this kind of was written published after all of me too stuff and the bad men list is based off of the shitty media men list which was one that was going around in hollywood and i think i want to say like it's one of the ones where you looked at it and like harvey weinstein was like number one on right. <laughs> like one of those so But I was just, I don't know. I was sad because I really wanted to like this book. Yeah. And I just didn't. And I had talked to Becca about this because I saw her rating mm-hmm. was a two right before I read it. I was like, oh, no. Um, I, know, I think she said a two and a half was her final. Two and a half. Yeah. And I remember just as soon as I read it, I was like, man, you were not joking about that rating. <laughs> like, this yeah, is- and. She had a really, she had some really good comments about her rating. Yeah. Kind of, and I think we kind of touched on those. Yeah. Just made me sad, because even, like, she had said, you know, and it's at the end of the book where it's, some of these stories were pulled from real life. Like, Chandler Baker interviewed women that this has happened to, and so she put their actual stories in there. Uh It just makes me sad that it's been placed into a mediocre book. I didn't read any, um, I haven't really looked at any, like, reviews or anything on Goodreads, but. We have Becca's iconic two-star review. Um, but I think it's, it's in general, it's got, like, four out of five. Like, it's, yeah, average rating is 3.61. Okay, so. So, not too far off. Yeah. I feel like that's pretty low for a Reese's Book Club. Yeah. Somebody else we know gave it four. I don't know. I just... There's another three. Yeah, I mean, if you look at, like, when it shows the overall ratings, like, 38% of the ratings are four stars and 33% of three stars, like, only 16% of them five stars so it's definitely more mediocre yeah i finally found a one star review and it's not in english and i don't recognize the language either so good for her yeah um but yeah so i think you and i what between a two and a half and a three as well yeah sad man we were on a good start with seven days in june too about it because I, I also felt like I, Seven Days in June was mediocre-ish as well. Like I wasn't as impressed with it as I thought I was going to be. Um, it was, I think for me, I enjoyed it. Like I went in with low expectations and was pleasantly surprised. Oh, I think, see, I think I did the opposite. Opposite. Because mm-hmm. I went I in like, I, um, I'm not a romance person. And so I was just like, well, I'm going to read this and be done with it. And then yeah. by the end, I was like, oh, this wasn't See, bad. And that's how I felt red, white, and royal blue. Like I had no <laughs> expectations. <laughs> I was just like, oh, this seems cute. And then it like blew, blew up. <laughs> blew my mind. I'm, I'm anxious because Becca's reading it right now. So I'm like very nervous. <laughs> like I don't want her to be like, it's two stars, girl. <laughs> like, that well, I'm. Terrible. Pretty sure Rachel has read it. She also thought it was really good. So you do have somebody else on your side. That's good. And then I was just going to let you know that I started listening to Project Hail Mary. So if you oh. want to also listen to it. Okay. It's pretty long. Um, I think it's like over 16 hours, but I really enjoy it right now. It's actually really good. And it's pretty funny. Like, again, it has that, like, the Martian. Like, it's just this man is by himself and it's still laugh Like we're still laughing and stuff. That's what I, I'd heard. It's good. I, some people have said that they liked it better than uh, the Martian. So. Yeah. So. But. Cause I think you said you also had it on audio. I do. So I was going to remind, I was going to let you know that I had started it this past week. Perfect. So. Thank you. Um, do you want to announce our next book? Do we have anything else to discuss about Whisper Network? 
Um, okay, so our next book is True Biz by Sarah Novick. And this was the one where I initially initially got the synopsis wrong. <laughs> I've since corrected it. Um, it's the story of deaf students at this school and one teacher, who a hearing teacher, but her parents were deaf. And it's just them trying to live their lives, dealing with things at the school. So I'm kind of excited. I, I When I was looking at it, it's a true biz is the American Sign Language version of just being like, hey, real talk. You'd be like, true biz. <laughs> so I'm pretty excited. My sister actually is um, learning ASL and she really, really, really likes it. And she's pretty good at it. So um, I will say like when we had done the random wheel to pick this book like I had never heard of this book like I don't remember because I follow Reese and so I didn't it didn't like I didn't see it like it didn't like I just didn't remember it at all like it didn't pop out to you yeah like it didn't stick out to me so it wasn't one of those books that I knew was on her thing and so I knew nothing about it until we picked it so I'm actually really excited for this one I'm gonna be honest I think looking through one. Um, I only had heard of one of these books before because we already picked our twelve, but we haven't released them all. Oh, see, I think I, I think I've heard of most of them because I follow her. So, like, especially yeah. when, when you know that they're going to be turned into a movie, like I get like, or they get a lot of hype. That's when I start like following them a lot. But yeah, so this one, I just, it did not ring any bells to me when we picked it. So that one, I'm really excited about. Okay, well, any other stuff will have a, I would say happy Halloween, but that's tomorrow, and this is getting posted on the 1st of November, so we're shifting to Thanksgiving and Christmas. Oh, God. I know, we went to Lowe's today, there's already Christmas stuff out. Did you see my Instagram story? Yes, but I never forgot. It's, oh, with it's like the frozen, the, the defrosting Mariah Carey, it's like, enjoy Halloween, she's defrosting. <laughs> And I did like a carnal sin and I watched a Hallmark Christmas movie today. I mean, I know I messed up. I'm so sorry. I I haven't. Well, I mean, that's a check in. So. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. Well, Instagram is reading with celebs. Twitter is reading W celebs. Please go give us a like, follow, subscribe, review, all of those fun things. And we'll see you next week. Happy reading. Bye, guys. Bye. Ooh.